0: everybody I'm here talking with Dr. Heather Klein all the way from uh, South Carolina which is a place I've never been to visit and I'm sure from um, the way that I'm looking it's a beautiful sunny place so welcome to speak with us today on the resilient kids podcast. Thank you. I'd really love for you to introduce yourself so that our listeners can get a good understanding of who you are. Sure I'd be
1: happy to. So I have been working with parents and parenting professionals for about 15 years now. Uh, I've also been a mama for about seven years. I have a little boy named CJ. Um, I'd say in, I've worked in a variety of contexts, but um, the thread throughout is really, you um, about helping parents become more confident in discerning their own solutions to whatever the challenges that they're facing, rather than um, me or an educator giving them advice or um, a fix or their the professional strategy. It's really coming alongside the parent and helping them find their own solution.
0: I think that just fits so beautifully with the work that we're working to do here to support parents, to raise resilient, wonderful children and to have really gorgeous families and people can be peaceful together. So I'm keen if you would explain to me, what are some of the issues or concerns or worries that you see um, parents facing when they're having to navigate uh, parenting today?
1: I think regardless of the challenge there is there is this um worry about doing it right and not making a massive mistake we really want to be good parents and there is we are just bombarded with um everyone's advice about what that looks like mm-hmm. and- you know, what the right way is, what the right thing to say is in this situation or the right way to respond or the right way to be. And so I find that there's a lot of pressure on parents, regardless of the challenge about finding the right answer, which often leads parents to look outside of themselves and to look you know, in a book or um, on social media or, you know, with a friend um, and it's really hard to step back and um, kind of tune into ourselves and the information that is within us and within our family and within our child, whatever the context is where the challenge is happening.
0: Yeah. And here we are on our podcast, um, helping parents to be able to think about these things. Right. So I can completely get it's all around. Right. It's so difficult.
1: Yes, it is. It really is.
0: So we're also here to um, support parents, obviously. And so I'm really interested in hearing your take on how we can support parents to um, find the answers within themselves and to know how to back themselves and be confident so they can lead their families in a wonderful way.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I was... Thinking about how your podcast is about resilience and I love that and I think that goes along with what I've been talking about and I think it's relevant for children and parents I think the more that we can find a process that helps us that that as parents we can keep coming back to to help us process and navigate the challenge Um, and I'd love your thoughts, you know, when I think of resilience, I think of um, you know, obviously we're navigating a challenge if we're, if we, if resilience is part of the conversation, um, but I also think of things like adaptability and decision making um, and those things don't have one answer. And a lot of the answer really does come from within. So, um, my answer <laughs> people don't often like it on the surface because my answer is it depends. And, um, you know, we eat, we really need to find a process that helps us tune into ourselves and our child. Um, and I use. I've been working with a particular process that, you know, leads people to their own solution. It doesn't have an answer at the end. It helps parents or whoever I'm working with um, or children find, identify their own answer. Um, so I do have a, a, a problem solving process that helps us think about the things that gets us in touch with our own perspective, our experience, um, our habits, the, the fears and the needs that are all contributing to whatever the challenge is. So are you
0: saying that a process in your mind is Uh, a way of thinking about something, a a mental model that allows us to consider a a particular situation with all the nuance of the situation, as well as the people and the things that they're trying to manage.
1: Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think that within any challenge, it's so much of it is about the perspectives of the people involved, um, whether that be parent and child or um, two children or two adults. Mm
0: -hmm. So would you like to share with us your way of helping parents to think and ponder and and scrutinize the issues that are in front of them?
1: (laughs) Uh, I sure could. Um, I wonder if maybe, an example would help definitely, um, yeah. would it would you be more interested in an example of um, me having a conversation with a parent who is navigating a challenge or um as a parent and child navigating together? Would we have time to do both if we would
0: fast? Sure. Okay, yeah.
1: go for it. Go for it, Hiba. <laughs> Um, Okay, so what I find really fascinating, I'll first talk about um, working with a parent who is navigating a problem, um, and what I find really fascinating about this process is that you often get to more of the root or what's under the surface of the problem because The symptom, like the thing that you're seeing and feeling in front of you that is frustrating or making you feel stuck, often there's just more going on that we can't see. And that ends up being what we're seeing is a little more of a symptom. So I was working with, I was actually doing this um, in a training, training professionals on this a reflective problem solving process. And I asked for a parent volunteer, um oh, you know, a real parent with a real challenge. and um and I asked the other educators to remain quiet and observe the process before they were going to practice it. And I think that's a that's really important in it. The experience speaks to, are as professionals, our tendency to want to jump in to help because we want to be super helpful. (laughs) Um, And we have a lot of ideas and information about what might be helpful. And that, so that was really hard for professionals around the room to sit and be quiet. Um, And so very quickly, this parent uh, was having some trouble with separating at daycare. Her daughter was three, I believe. And um, her daughter was quite upset And that, you know, that's a common thing that parents experience. Um, Any separation in any context, when when your child is really upset as you leave, that's that's a hard experience. um, And you want to know what to do to, help it be better for your child and better for you. And as soon as the parents started talking about this, the other educators, you know, I could see them squirming in their chairs because they have helped a lot of children with separation. And so they had a lot of ideas about what could be done. Um, But rather than offer suggestions, we went through this process of, you know, asking, getting information about what happened um, and then talking about things like um, specific actions. What's been, you know, what did she do? What did her daughter do? um, What were some of the feelings that she was having? What were her daughter's feelings? um, What was she wanting to happen and what was her daughter wanting to happen. So when we can find a way to think about our thoughts, feelings, and goals or needs, um, and then think about you know, the other person's thoughts, feelings, and goals, those are really helpful in any order. Those are really helpful um, aspects to explore um, to better understand our own perspective and the other person's perspective. Um, and so we did that and then continued through this hourglass process that, um, that helps us kind of ease into thinking more deeply, more deeply um, as we go. And so then as we were thinking about, um, I was asking about how how those actions and feelings and goals work together, which is really hard, as I'm just saying it, you know, if you're just listening, it's hard to track all of this, but what we do is write it down and there's something very powerful and validating and empathic about writing parents' words and having parents see their words. It also does the same for children So when they can see their feelings written down, when they can see their goals or their needs written down, that is really helpful. And then they, and then parents and children can, or anyone can actually see, oh, how did what I, what I did work with what I was trying to do, Mm. Um, you know, and then you can start thinking about, well, what do I want to have happen And what do I want this relationship to look like? It helps you also look at your values and, um, how your values and practices align. So as we went through this, um, without getting too much into the weeds with it, there's always this moment as we go through this process, every time I'm like, is this actually going to work? And then the light bulb goes off. Mm a parent and they just light up and say something to the effect of, oh, maybe it's, Mm. you know, I hadn't thought about that. And for this mom, it was, um, that her schedule had actually changed so that, um, she ha- she no longer had this space between weekend parenting and working, and that was creating some additional tension for her over the weekend. She was less present as a mom. She was more stressed, and she was bringing that stress into separation. Now, that's not the problem that every parent faces. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, You can use the same process and just... You plug in a different problem, mm. the unique people and feelings and expectations involved, and then you're going to get your own unique insight and it comes from the parent. And so then when this parent just having her light up with this insight was so empowering and then... She was able to actually identify solutions that met the real problem, what was really going on. And it was just amazing to look around the room and see the eyes wide of the educators. And afterward, they were saying things like, I was so sure of what this mom needed, of what would be helpful, but my solution was not what she needed. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, it just, those things aren't apparent immediately. It does take slowing down. It does, which is hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's hard to slow down. It's hard to let the dust settle. It's hard to, you know, explore things because we, we tend to get, you know, we want, we want a solution. We want to ease the pain. We want to make things better. Um, so I, I'm
0: wondering for parents who are listening to this, Heather, how they might be able to do this for themselves. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could, you could just write on a piece of paper, um, some of the list, some of the questions that I use, you know, just starting with what happened and then, um, and then, that's kind of a big picture question and you can say whatever comes to your mind. And then um, as you kind of narrow down, so the questions take the shape of an hourglass. So if you think of the top of an hourglass, it's wide and broad. And so, you know, what happened or what's bothering me? And then easing in, um, you can think about Uh, about feelings goals and actions in any order whatever feels most natural or comfortable what was I wanting to happen um how was I feeling and what was I doing you know get getting as specific as you can about what Um, what did I say or what did I do and giving you know for for parents give yourself a lot of time to just think about yourself before you think about your child because a lot of um a lot of professional support is really thinking about the child's perspective and we're we're wanting to help parents consider their child's needs and perspectives but it's hard to do that without validating and understanding our own perspective absolutely so-
0: and we, you know, there's all sorts of tricks and tools that we can use, but actually if, if we're not solving the right problem, like you just said, then it's not going to go away anyway.
1: Yeah. And I find that sometimes that actually adds to, um, you know, guilt and self-judgment and shame when we're trying really hard to do the right thing. And we're trying to follow someone else's strategy and it's not working for us. And mm-hmm. then it, well, what's wrong with me or what's wrong with my child that this strategy isn't working for me, um, even though it's supposedly the best thing and, and working Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, that's so lovely, Heather, because we know that uh, our role as parents, we need to feel strong and, and confident, confident and, and comfortable in ourselves uh, so that we can be... Um, confident and comfortable when we're talking with our children, and and that if we if we're doubting ourselves, then there's the wobble, and then there's an opportunity for our children to spot that because they're so observant, right? And um and then you know things can it can be a tiny little thing, but actually lead to a really uh, significantly difficult outcome, and so um, ensuring that our parents do have the space to think their way through things. And to be able to solve their own problems. And you know, I think that's really lovely. Now, do we do you think we have time to tell the story a little bit about how you might use this idea with your children?
1: Yeah, I think that would be great. I think it actually builds on what you were just saying, um, and helping parents, you know, kind of navigate in the moment a bit and um feel a little more confident when you're not sure what to say or how to respond. Uh, And I'll just tell a story of how I started using this process with my son. Um, He was six at the time. And, you know, I've been using this process with professionals for a long, long time. And You know, it comes from adult learning, the science of change and, and really thinking about parents as adults. Um, but I've started using it with my son and we, we had a situation where he, um, got very upset with me because it was time for him to be done, um, on his iPad talking with his, um, his Mima, who is my mom, um, also his favorite person in the entire world. (laughs) Um, and so, they were talking for quite a while and it was time to be done. And he, um, the, the struggle he faces the most is with transitions and ending things. He's very much in the present and, um, you know, doesn't want things to end. And so, um, I ended, I ended up, um, asking my mom to hang up the call, which I had never done before. And it, what, but I couldn't reach the iPad and I, you know, I didn't want to have, um, a a battle right there. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I had them hang up the call and, and CJ stormed off into his room and yelled and, and he was quite upset. Um, I know for him that it's helpful for him to have a little time that it wouldn't have been helpful for me to go after him and, so, as expected, he came back. Now, often what happens when he comes back and we talk about something, he will kind of spin, you know, want to sort of repeat, This is how I felt. This is how you made me feel. This is why I'm mad. Um, and it's hard to move forward. And I wasn't sure how I was going to handle the situation because. I was very open to negotiating more time for them and coming up with a creative solution but not not without that sort of cooperative okay. negotiation and, you know not in not after um the response that he had which I I understood he was upset but um Anyway, so we sat down, and there was a piece of paper near me. And for the first time, I just thought about this process. Um, sometimes I use the questions in my head informally and in conversation with him, but this time I actually created a problem-solving chart, and I called it a problem-solving chart, and asked if we should, you know, use this problem-solving chart to figure out what we should do, and. So you know, I made two columns, one for myself and one for him. I made about four rows. Um, it's not the full set of questions, but I just sort of wrote what happened and um, and I wrote, you know, feelings, um, actions, feelings, and then um, what did I want to happen, A- and some of the other aspects of the, the bottom of the hourglass. And so I just started asking, so what happened? And then we worked together to write down, um, what had happened. And I jumped since part of the answer related to what he wanted, which was to keep talking to his Mima. I wrote that down under goals. And it was so fascinating because he looked at that visual and he said, well, what about that? Like, what goes there? And he could see visually that there was this space we hadn't covered yet. And so now he and I were actually working together, mm. collaborating on filling out this sheet that was outside of us, outside of the feelings we both had, outside of the needs we both had. And it was just this paper. And so we worked together to fill it out. And what it did is it allowed me, it allowed him to express his feelings. He didn't, he never repeated his feelings because I wrote them down exactly as as he said it, which was very validating for him. And then I could also, there was a space for me, I could write down my feelings um because you know parents have feelings too <laughs> oh, yeah. and that's very good for for children to see um and we so we could write down both of our goals and that's that's hard to it's really hard to hold space for multiple feelings and multiple needs especially you know when they're different or in conflict it's really uncomfortable but when you can write them down on a piece of paper that actually holds intentional space for them it's easier you know you can see it and you don't have to respond immediately Um, you don't have to choose one immediately. So anyway, as we went through, then he and I could find our own solution. That was a creative way where we could both get our needs met. Um, and we actually were both able to get our needs met. Uh, and and actually the, the solution for us, we were, we needed to go because we were going to run some errands. And I said, he could call his Mima back when we were in the car, By the time we got in the car, he, he said, I don't need to call her back, you know, of course he didn't, he didn't um, have that need anymore. But the other one last piece about that story is the, the very next day we were at a friend's house, and he was having the best time with his two friends. When it was time to go, you know the same challenge it's a different context but it's the same challenge with the transition. Mm -hmm or my CJ. And um, he was about to run into the house. Um, uh, He was about to run into the house because he didn't want to leave. And I said, CJ, remember, that doesn't get you what you want. And he stopped himself. I don't actually know if he heard me, but he stopped himself and remembered. And I asked him later that night, and he said, he remembered that running away didn't get him what he wanted he remembered from the problem mm. solving. well that's
0: a lovely story and isn't cj lucky to have you as a mom that's so cool yeah thank you for sharing that that's a big um big moment in both your lives and um a really important learning for him about facing things that are really difficult and and helping you to find and, you know, navigate as a mum as well, uh, these really tricky conversations. And I love the fact that, uh, and this, I think this is what happens, isn't it, that when children um, learn something, actually, they don't need to relearn it. You know, and that's because they're so fast at learning. And um, when we get it right, and when we know in, our, in ourselves that, we've made those decisions for ourselves, it's much easier for us to be able to change those habits and those old ways of being.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, he and I both know now that we can come back to this process Mm. You know, for the next challenge and the next one.
0: Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you so much. I'm wondering now how if people want to follow you or to be able to be in touch or to learn more about what you do, whether you could uh, share that information.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they can find me generally by typing in reflective dialogue. Um, dialogue ending with UE. I'm sure you can put that in the yeah. note. Um on Facebook and Instagram, I'm at reflective dialogue. And and then also you can go to reflectivedialogue.com and I have um information and resources. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so lovely. Well, uh, is there some more that you'd like to share with us before we finish up today? Um,
1: I don't think so. I think, do you have any questions for me? Uh, I think that's been really full. What you were wanting? Yeah, no, that's really
0: full and rich and I really appreciate you um, providing us with some time. So um, we'll finish up there. (music) Thank <music> you.